and I get to wrap it up. And as you just saw, we're wrapping it up with Toy Story 4. All right, it's kind of crazy that I'm preaching on a sermon with the Toy Story 4 trailer. I was eight years old when Toy Story 1 came out. Right? I think it was 1995 or something like that, man. It's, so it's made it up to four. Um, some movies, you might agree, you know, probably were better off leaving that one and never, you know, remaking it. But I think Toy Story has done well. All right, how many of you have seen Toy Story 4? All right, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't. I've seen the trailer, but I'm prepared to preach today, I promise you. All right? But just as in parts one, two, and three, we see a major theme throughout the movie Toy Story, and it's the theme of friendships or relationships, friendships in particular, right? All right you see the major theme played out um, with uh, Pixar's favorite uh, uh, cowboy, Woody, right? Woody. And you see his friendship with his original owner. Anybody remember the name of the original owner? Andy, right? So Woody and his friendship with Andy, and then obviously his friendship with the rest of the crew. Yeah, Buzz Lightyear. How many of you like Buzz Lightyear? That's your favorite guy right there, right? All right, you have Rex. How many love Rex, right? You have Slinky Dog. You have Bo Beep. And in my personal favorites, there you go. See, that? that's why we connected for these many years, man. Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head, right? My favorite. So in part four, we see the same thing kind of playing itself out again. We see friendships. But what you saw in the trailer, we see the introduction of new friends. First off, Woody and the rest of the toys, they have a new owner. Her name is Bonnie, right? And in this trailer, you see that Bonnie introduces them to another new friend, and he goes by the name of Forky, right? Forky, why? Forky is a spork that Bonnie created, right? She put some googly eyes on him, right? Put, put uh, use some uh, pipe cleaners for arms, and, 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 and here you go. You have a fork, a spork, now Bonnie's toy named Forky. See, Forky was created by Bonnie, to be used as a toy, but as you can imagine, as you saw in the trailer, Forky finds it very hard to accept, right? To accept that he is more than just a disposable utensil. And so what did, what did you see Forky try to do numerous times in the trailer? Throw himself out, right? Because he realized, man, I'm just a disposable utensil and I belong in the trash. He said maybe for uh, uh, just once or twice for soup or whatever, then I belong in the trash. But that's not how Bonnie sees Forky, right? She sees a toy. And I can stop right here and we can preach an entire sermon just on that alone. That you were created with a greater purpose than you yourself even realize or recognize. Right? That some of you don't realize that God has created in you and placed in you such a gift, but you've believed the lie that you're worth nothing more than the trash can. God sees you, and he sees a beloved son, and he sees a beloved daughter, and he sees, he sees someone that he's created with a purpose and with a plan, and he sees so much more worth in you than you probably see in yourself, so much so that he sends his only son, Jesus, to die and to pay the ultimate sacrifice, his death on the cross, so that you can begin to walk out the purposes that he has placed and set out for you in your life. See, God loves you. He doesn't see you as a failure with little or no purpose, but he sees you as a precious child. Now, I told you I can preach an entire sermon on that, but that's not what today's sermon is on. I believe, though, that was for someone today. Don't throw your life away. Place it in the hands of your creator. Amen.
So back to our trailer, you see the entire gang is introduced to Forky, and it doesn't play out the way that you probably want your first impressions, right, to play out with new friends in school. Some of you kids are going to head to school soon, and you hope that that's not the first impression, right? It's a, it's a much better impression, but this is a movie, right, and this will make movies fun and enjoyable. And so what you see is that Forky is just kind of out of place and, and wanting to throw his life away, but what Woody realizes is that Forky loves, that, excuse me, Bonnie loves Forky. And so Woody is committed, Woody, is a, Woody loves Bonnie, and he wants to see Bonnie happy. And so what Woody does, he convinces the rest of the gang and says, hey, we're going to be on mission to make sure that Forky is safe. we got to keep Forky from throwing himself out into the trash can, right, throwing his life away, literally. And so they're on a mission to do that. And I looked at that and I said, man, what good friends, right? What good friends? How many of you would agree that friendship like that has such great value? How many of us would say we have friends like this or would love to have a group of friends that will stick by you even when you don't want to stick by yourself? When you're down on yourself, when you don't think that, when you see that things just don't make sense to you and you can't see your purpose in life, when you're confused and you need someone to walk alongside of you, through some of life's most challenging and toughest questions, questions about identity, questions about purpose. How many of you see the value in this type of friendship? And so today's sermon I've titled, Friendships Matter. And so we looked at Toy Story 4, but for the rest of our time today, we're going to look at the topic of friendship through the lens of the Bible. Because here at Swerve Church, it is not our mission to lead people to living out morally good lives and happy lives. But it is our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. See, that's our mission here at Swerve. And so if you're visiting with us for the first time, I want to tell you, we love Jesus. Amen. We love Jesus and we believe Jesus is the greatest friend that you can ever have. And because of this, we value relationships such as friendships. And we do so because we know that God values it. So much so that I'm going to say this, and I would love you to hold on to this, that you were made for friendships. Now, some of you are like, I'm doing good in that. Check my Facebook page. I'm talking about more than Facebook friends, right? This is not that type of friendship. What I am talking about, you were created for meaningful friendships. Relationships that was just described here today, right? Relationships that are, and friendships that are with you to celebrate life's greatest joys and are also around to mourn with you through its toughest and darkest moments. In fact, I love what it says in the book of Proverbs. It's a book of wisdom that's found in the Old Testament of the Bible. In Proverbs 18, it's going to be on the screen. Uh, no, it's not. I'm just going to read it for you. If you have your Bibles, take it out. Proverbs 18, verse 24, jot it down. It says this, One with many friends may be harmed, But there is a friend who stays closer than a brother. You see, Facebook friends did not give you this type of friendships. This isn't friendships on the surface, friendships that tag along when life is going well, right? Or friendships that seek its own benefits. We're talking about today meaningful friendships. This is the type of friendships that you and I were made for. This is the type of friendship that you and I were designed by God for. I am saying that you and I were created by God with this longing, this need inside of us for these type of friendships. The Bible says that you and I were created in the image of God. 
You see, and that means that we were created to resemble God, to desire the things that God desires, to reflect the character of God. And from the very beginning of time in the Bible, we see through the foundation, the foundation of friendships found in the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and their perfect friendship from all eternity. But unfortunately, brothers, sisters, family, friends, today, we can all agree on probably that meaningful relationships don't seem to be the reality for many in America today. There seems to be this sad reality, even though Facebook is around, and uh, it still seems to be this reality that friendships or meaningful friendships just don't seem to be a reality. I read this recent study, and it was posted in an article just published this May, so a recent study done that said this, that the average American today has not made a meaningful friend in five years. And I quote this article, it says, according to research into the social dynamics of 2,000 Americans, 45% of adults find it difficult to make new friends. 45% of adults find it difficult to make new friends. Some of you might not be shocked by that at all. I honestly wasn't. Because why? Relationships, meaningful relationships, they're hard. Again, we're not talking about friendships on the surface. We're not talking about those friends that are around when you invite them for that social gathering. But when life gets tough, we're talking about those friends that are still there when the fun stops. Meaningful relations are not easy to have and to sustain. Today, I want us to look at the type of friendships that you and I were created for and the friendships that you and I should pursue and I also want us to look at these type of friends and ask us if these are the friends, type of friends we are. In Proverbs 27, 17, it says, as iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens a friend. Does that describe your friendships, your relationships? Let me ask you this way. Who are you sharpening today and who's sharpening you? I really want us to ponder those two questions today and throughout this time, throughout this week. We're going to be looking at four best ways to become a God-honoring friend. And as we do, I want you to think about a friend. I want you to think about a group of friends you might have in your life today that are going to be described. And I want you to praise God for them. I want you to thank God for those friends. And if you don't have those relationships in life, I want you to begin to ask God why. And I want you to pray for those type of friends to come your way. Why? Because too many of us live life in isolation. And I'm telling you, we were not created to do life alone. Secondly, I want you to ponder the type of friend you are. Have you been there for someone else? And are you that type of friend today? And if not, again, I want you to ask the question, why? Because we talked about in week one of At The Movies that we've all been created and all been given incredible gifts. We talked about that in week one, right? Where you guys have been given a gift. You guys have been giving something, given something by God. And we said that these gifts have been given to you not for your own benefit, but for the benefit of others, right? Are you sitting on the blessing God wants you to be on so, for, you, for someone else? You guys have so much to share to others. And so all the rest of this time I'm gonna, uh, today, we're going to spend looking at how we can be friends that sharpen one another. How can I? How can you? How can we, Swerve Church, become friends that honor God? How can we become friends? So if you're following along today, as Danny mentioned, the notes are on the uh, on, on our website, it's also on uh, UVersion Bible app. You can download that and go to events. But also the, uh, the notes and scriptures that we will be talking about will be on the screen behind me. And so let's get into the fourth, four best ways to become a God-honoring friend. The first way is be a good friend. Duh. Right, kind of obvious. I wanted to start off very easy for you guys because I know it takes a while to get into things. 
All right. So obvious, right? Obviously, you say, okay, if I'm going to be a God-honored friend, I, I should be a good friend. But to say I am a good friend is totally different than actually being a good friend. And I'll explain that. I don't think many of us would raise our hands today if I was to ask you if you considered yourself a bad friend. Right? How many of you would raise your hand like, yeah, you know, I stink at that. If you are, great thing. Great be honest. But many of us won't. Not many of us will. More than likely, we'll like to say and think that we're some pretty good people. We're good friends. But I absolutely love this verse that I want to share with you here today. This verse, I love it because it gives us a measurement. How do we measure if we are indeed a good friend? Let's read this one together because I think it's going to be up here on the screen. It's 1 John 3.18. So if you guys can give me a hand, my voice is going. Let's kind of read this nice and loud together. Go ahead. Little children. Little children, let us not love in word or speech, but to love in what? In truth. In other words, he's saying prove it. Prove it. Here's our challenge. We're going to be truly good friends. Don't just say we love one another, but actually demonstrate our love for one another. Good friends that honor God, devote themselves to this brotherly love that's talked about in Romans 12.10 that are constantly trying to outdo one another in showing honor. Right? Like, we're supposed to live our lives where I'm trying to outdo you in showing you honor. Many of us like to block the love that someone else is trying to shower us with, right? Stop withholding the love that we are trying to give to you. Brothers and sisters, church, we are to be a people that receive love and give love. We're to be a people of love, and that's what sets us apart from the rest of the world, isn't it? What did Jesus himself say? How would the world know that we are followers of Christ? How would they know that we belong to him? By the way, we what? Say it. The way we love one another. It's love demonstrated by the way we love. It's not, actually, it's not just saying we love one another, but it's actually demonstrating our love to one another and to the world. To be a God-honoring friend means we won't simply say we love one another, but we actually will show it. We will live it out. We'll be a good friend in how we demonstrate our love. The world needs to see this, right? This is why we do the things we do as a church. Swerve. This is why we go out. This is why we hand out those granola bars. It seems really silly. Team. You guys will be with us this week, and as you give out granola bars or whatever we have plans this week, you might think, man, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? No one's going to come. Well, you heard a story today. And when you love people, when you show them that Jesus loves them and that we care for you, even if you don't show up, we love you, it's love demonstrated. We don't want to just say we love. We want to demonstrate the love to this world. The world needs to see this type of love. Church, we need to model this for the world, right? And so number two in our four best ways to become a God-honoring friend is this. Encourage friends during some tough times. Who here has had a life of just smooth sailing? Raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand so everyone can look at you and hate you. <laughs> right? None of us. The reality is this, man. We all go through seasons. And unfortunately, unavoidable are those, those tough seasons, Right? There's those seasons where we're going through some difficult, difficult times. Some of you might be there right now. Some of you just got through a tough season. We say this all the time. If you're not in a season now and you haven't just gotten out of one, there's a tough season coming probably because it's unavoidable, right? Life is about seasons, and in seasons, we have good ones and we have bad ones. We have summer and we have winter. Some of us are in it right now. 
The question is this, how are you navigating through that tough season? Or how do you navigate through our tough seasons? Because they're unavoidable. We all know that these tough seasons are part of life. Let me tell you, that's another reason why friendships are so important. This is when an encouragement from a friend can really be God's gift to us in the midst of our tough seasons. Going back to Proverbs, look at it here with me, 1717. Some really good stuff that we can draw from this. Proverbs 1717 says, A friend loves at... All times. And a brother is born for a difficult time. A friend loves at all times. Turn to your neighbor and say, love me all the time. All the time. So even when that friend doesn't have words for you, a lot of times it's just that presence of that friend, right? That can help you get through that tough time. A God-honoring friend encourages when the time gets rough. Now listen to this one because this usually trips us up. And if I'm honest, it trips me up as well sometimes. A God-honoring friend is there and loves even when we've gotten ourselves in the mess we're in. Even when that friend of yours is in the mess and in the, in the situation they're in because they deserved it or got themselves in there, we still love in those moments. Why? Because, it's, man, it's a lot more easier or, you know, to feel sympathy for someone when you know that they're in a situation that they had no control over, right? They lost a job for some reason out of their control. They lost a loved one. Right there, they got into some type of accident or got into some type of mess that were out of their control, and you know we want to feel sympathy, and we want to love, but it's a different and it's a much more difficult time. Probably as a parent, I understand this more. I don't know, but it's harder to love someone when you told them not to do it. Right? It's like I told you, do not look at that boy that way. Now you're in this mess. Get yourself out of it. Right? Told you not to drink that. I told you not to smoke that. I told you to calm down with that attitude. You're in this situation because what? You put yourself there. Now get yourself out. It's a lot tougher to love in those moments. But Proverbs tells us to love at all times. And I understand that there are so few friends like this. Because as I said, it's easier for a group of friends to gather at the party, right, when it's a good time. But it's harder to see those friends that stick around to help clean up afterwards, right, who are there when the fun ends. But these are the type of friends that we're talking about. These are Proverbs 17, 17 friends who are there that you can count on to encourage you when the tough season comes. Let me ask you, can you think back of a time when you were going through a rough time? A good friend who encourages you is what's going to help you get through that difficult time or got you through that difficult time. For me and for my family, for my wife, uh, you know, during this current season of planting One Hope Brooklyn in Kensington, Kensington's a neighborhood, so I promise you it really exists. We're not planting a fake church. I, it's, it exists. It's between Park Slope and Flatbush. I get it from everybody. Kenzo what? Yeah, Kensington. And so during this season of planting One Hope Brooklyn, it's been your friendship that has helped get us through some of our toughest seasons and toughest battles. And I'm counting on your friendship to get us through more because I know they're going to come. I know there's more tough seasons ahead of us. And I'm counting on your friendship my wife and I are counting on your friendship to help encourage us and get us through these tough seasons. And I could take out my phone and I can stroll through text message after text message after text message of just encouraging words from you guys. In fact, like I said, some of you that are sitting here right now have been such a friend for my wife and for myself during these tough seasons and during some really difficult times. And we are forever grateful for that, friends. We want you to know that we honor your friendships. Your friendships have been a tremendous blessing, and I know they're going to continue on. I want us to continue to be a friendly, God-honoring church. 
And so I quickly want to share with you three ways that you can be an encouraging friend, and we'll get back to our four best ways. But I want to give you three ways to be an encouragement, to be a God-honoring friend. And the first way you can be an encouraging friend is simply pray for them. See, a few weeks ago, a co-worker approached me, and she has an autistic son. He's three years old, and she was just... She, she just did not know anymore what she can do. How can she be a, a good mother to her son? And she just kind of ran out. You know, you parents, you've been there, right? You just run out and just don't know how can we parent any longer. How can, how can I give my son what, what he needs, especially a child of need as, as, as hers? And so she came to me feeling hopeless and feeling just down and out. And she shared her, shared her story. And, and I shared a few words of encouragement to her, with her. And I asked her if I can pray with her. And so I prayed with her in the office. And, and the following day, she came over to me, and she told me that that prayer helped her get through the day with her husband and encouraged her that God gave her that son, that God has entrusted her to be his mother. See, guys, brothers, sisters, it's prayer. Prayer can do so much. And it's not the words that you say, right? Man, sometimes we don't know what to say, right? A lot of times it's the presence and it's the person, it's the God that you're praying to. He's the one that moves. So I encourage you to pray for those who are going through a tough season. And the second one you can do is you can share a Bible verse. Just this past week, uh, my kids spent uh, four days at a vacation Bible school in Park Slope. And uh, they got to meet some cool people, some new friends. And my oldest daughter in particular, she, she met a, uh, a, one of the leaders, really uh, took my daughter and, and, and built this great friendship with her in four days. And in these four days, she, she shared her story, how God has moved in her life. And then she, she told my daughter, hey, you know, I'm going to come tomorrow, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some Bible verses for you to look over. And my daughter went, and she told me, and she probably, she, she told me, she expected her to forget. Like, she didn't think that this girl was going to remember. And she came over to her, and she gave her a piece of paper with at least 20 to 25 Bible verses written down on there to encourage my daughter in the Word of God. She took it even further. She gave my daughter her very own Bible. And in that Bible, she had all the verses that had ever encouraged her, all the post-it notes. And she presented it to my daughter, and it was such an encouragement to my daughter today. She's there hiding her face. <laughs> God, God moves through his word, right? And then you might be saying, man, but okay, I don't have a Bible full of like 80 verses in there and whatnot. I don't know that much. I can't get that many encouraging verses. Listen. Here are some ways you can do it, some tips. As you read your Bible, you come across an encouraging verse, underline it. Post, use the post-it notes, right? Or maybe you, you're in a moment, someone sent you a text message, and it's a friend, and they're going through something, you don't have time. Here's another little tip. Google encouraging verses. And I'm sure something will come up and read through it and try to imply what we taught you guys, right? We're going to look at context, all that stuff. But, you know, encouraging verses. We want to share God's word. The Bible says about itself that it is living and active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, so why not use it to encourage a friend? The third way you can encourage a friend, and we love this here at Swerve Church, is invite them to church. Invite them. We say it often, often here. If you, if you haven't heard it, then you've probably not been around long enough, but you say it often. We are not meant to do life alone. You heard it today. And Swerve Church is not like family. Amen. So what better way to encourage a family, a friend, than inviting them to experience a loving family? The church is not an event that you attend, but it is a family we belong to. When we gather, brothers and sisters, we do so to lift up the name of Jesus. But here's the amazing thing. As you and I come to worship God, because it is all about Jesus. 
Amen. It is not about us. But as we do that, the amazing gift that God gives us, look around. It's one another. It's the church to be able to say, man, I am a part of this grand family that will be around to exist to, for eternity to worship the king of all kings. We are God's gift and love the church. I love the church. We're here to love one another, encourage one another, build up one another, just like 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says. Therefore, encourage one another. Build each other up as you are already doing. And so we said to become a God-honoring friend, first off, be a good friend. Second, encourage them during tough times. And now our third best way to become a God-honoring friend is this. Seek to resolve conflict quickly. Here's a fun fact. It's a true story. Danny and I met um, for the first time when we were partnered together in the Department of Discipline for a high school, middle school, elementary school, actually, pre-K-3 all the way up to high school, and we controlled the entire school. We held it down, right? And I know it's difficult. It's kind of hard to believe, like, man, I was the dean. Danny was part of security, like us, <laughs> right? But, I mean, Danny's calm demeanor, I'm telling you, was very good in dealing with middle schoolers and high schoolers. Um, but because of the nature of our job, we, we saw a lot of conflict. We had to resolve a lot of conflict. It's part of our job. But because of that, Danny would always look at me and he would say, man, Various, you just love conflict. He probably thinks it right now. He, probably was, he just loves conflict. And, and I don't love it. I like it a little, right? <laughs> but I don't love it. Who loves conflict? Right? Who loves the debate? Anything like that, right? If you love conflict or if you hate conflict, here's the, here's the, here's the bottom line. Fortunately, we're all going to go through conflict. Conflict's a part of life. And sadly, a lot of times, it often results in the hurt of a loved one. In reality, no one here is perfect. We all are sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. We all are capable of hurting ourselves, and we're capable of hurting those around us. We let ourselves down, and we let others down. That's part of life. This is why it is so important to deal with conflict the moment it arises. Look at what the Bible says about resolving conflict quickly. It says this in Ephesians 4, 26, 27. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't give the devil an opportunity. See, too many friendships go sour by allowing conflict to go unresolved. And what is it that causes friendships to be left unresolved? Unforgiveness. The inability to forgive. And we all need to realize that forgiveness is so important when it comes to seeking to resolve conflict quickly. As believers, we thank God for his forgiveness over our lives. But in response, we are to model that to the world around us and to those in our lives. Ephesians 4.32 says this, And be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in Christ. See, forgiveness is difficult though, right? But as difficult as extending forgiveness can be, it is one of the most powerful ways that you and I can demonstrate the power of the gospel to our family, to our friends, and to our neighbors. We can spend time talking about forgiveness, but understand that it is a powerful way to demonstrate the gospel power in your life. Here's the last point for today. Our fourth best way to become a God-honoring friend is the most important point. Trust Jesus as your primary friend. There's a lot been said here today about friendships, and all of it I hope you can reflect on. But this point right here I want you to get. 
If you take anything said today, I want you to take this, that in Christ Jesus, God has befriended you. He is the best of the best. We have been created for relationships and for friendships, but check this out, healthy friendships, but it is the friendship of Jesus alone that can satisfy you. You probably were listening today and you're like, man, I got friendships down packed. I'm good with friends. I have some great friends right around me and I thank God for it. But if you have the greatest of all friendships, but you do not have a friend in Jesus, then my friend, you're missing out. You're missing the very friend that matters the most. You see, God wants your friendship. Just let that sink in. God wants your friendship. He doesn't want you just to know about him. It's not enough. He wants you to know him. He wants you to experience his friendship. The Bible calls us to trust Jesus as our Savior and as our Lord. It means that we submit to him as our king and you treasure him more than anything else or anyone else. The Bible also calls us to enjoy him as a friend. So our last scripture for today, Romans 5.11 says this. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because of our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. He's made us what? Can you guys say that? He made you what? A friend. Reaching the end, I got to make sure you guys up. It's too important. It's made possible by the grace of God. The Bible tells us that we're all sinners deserving of the full wrath of God. And that full wrath of God should result in your death, my death. Yet God in his infinite love and his infinite wisdom remains perfectly just in punishing sin, but perfectly loved in putting that punishment not on you and I, but on Jesus Christ, his one and only son. Jesus left his throne in heaven. He was born a child just like you and I. But he will live the life that you and I can never live, a life of perfect obedience to God the Father. And during Jesus' life, he would draw near to sinners, even ate with sinners. And today he continues to draw near sinners. He continues to love the sinner. He continues to love on those on the side of the hurting. He continues to come alongside of the hurt, the suffering. He continues to come alongside those who are marginalized. And to prove his friendship, Jesus paid the price, the ultimate price of the excruciating death on the cross for you and for me. His love so deep for you and I that he took it on the cross to pay that price. We who were once enemies of God can now become friends of God. Because Jesus died an enemy's death on that cross. And through his life and his death and resurrection, we can be called friends of God. Our sins forgiven. Our debts paid. God's full wrath satisfied forever. Death conquered. New life gained. One hope. It's a life of direction. Going down the path of destruction onto the path of life. Swerve, church. But only because of Jesus. So the worship team, I believe we have a, a we wrapping up with a song. The worship team's going to come up at this time. And um, as they do so, I just want to tell you this. I want you to trust in Jesus today. If you have not already done so, invite, as I invite the worship team up here, one final song, I want, you, I want to invite you to place your trust in Jesus. No matter where you are in life today, your maker loves you deeply. No matter how you see yourself today, your maker loves you deeply. No matter how great your sins are, your love, your baker loves you deeply.
He wants you to be his friend. Place your trust in Jesus. Father, we surrender the rest of our time. My God, it's an honor to call these people my friend, my family. God, what a joy it is to call you my friend. God, I pray that today, Lord, you would open our hearts and our minds to be able to see by your grace our desperate need for you, God. That we will hold on to, Lord, you, Father, because you alone can satisfy. And so, God, I pray that you would continue to move in our lives, continue to draw us by your grace to the foot of the cross, that we continue to surrender to you all that we are, God. May you be lifted up high in our lives. That is our prayer. So, God, we thank you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.